0: now is the time for, that I promised, the status report. As I'm giving this report, if you would like seconds, please go help yourself. And the desserts on the table, the ones on the white plates um, have gluten in them, and the ones on the clear plates do not have gluten. So just an FYI. All right. Um, So I'm going to, I realized I forgot to print out my report, so I'm going to have to turn around and look at it with you guys, so this will be fun. Um, So with our status report, this is a time that I love to just kind of share the status of the Life Group's ministry. We do that through some numbers. We do that through some stories and quotes, and hopefully this overview just gives you a good sense of how the Lord is Leading us, um, where he might be pulling us back, and just different things that he's trying to do um, to shape uh, the ministry in our church. So, currently, let's look at our members and leaders. We have um, fewer members this quarter so far. We haven't quite finished signups yet, so there's still hope <laughs> to get back up to closer to around 350, which is where we typically land. Um, we're at 315. Um, as of Monday, (laughs) which is when I put this together. Um, Then we also have uh, 73 leaders. We had about five groups um, not continue from last quarter, so that's why that number is so large. We don't usually see that high of a number, Um, and then we also lost a couple of coaches um, to move on to different pastures (laughs) and do some different ministry um, within the church, so um, we have 33 total groups. That, like I said, was a um, negative of five from last quarter. Um, 28 of those are returning, or sorry, so we lost more than five, but because we gained new groups as well. Um, we started with 17 open groups and then seven closed groups, which means they start the quarter full. So they just aren't open for any new signups ever, um, which is fine, (laughs) fine. Um, And then there's, as of Monday, nine groups that filled. So that means they were open at the start of the quarter, but then they maxed out um, as people signed up. So that's pretty cool. Um, Out of the 33 groups, you can see the breakdown. The majority of our groups are open to everybody. But then we also have um, men's and women's groups, right? We have um, actually saw an increase in women's groups, but a decrease in men's groups. So if you guys can be praying that the Lord would provide leaders for men's groups for next quarter, I think that would be um, really awesome to see. Um, And then the rest of the groups stayed pretty much um, where they've been for a while. The locations also remained pretty much the same. We've got a lot here on the peninsula. We've got some in Salinas. Um, We have a bunch that meet here on campus. So um, as you look at this map and just see, it's kind of cool visually to see where all the groups are meeting, but um, we can also be praying, too, to where those little dots are not, right? Um, We did add this quarter group in the... Mid Valley Carmel so that was kind of a cool new location um and then everything else kind of just numbers just shifted around in current locations um our meeting days you can see we've got um that Carmel Mid Valley Carmel group that I mentioned—they actually are meeting on Saturdays. So they added two new dynamics <laughs> to our life group story, um, which is pretty cool. Previously, we um, didn't have any on the weekends, so or the Friday Saturday part of the weekend. Um, And then you can see the majority of our groups meet on Wednesdays, which, as you probably heard Nate share about, and then also um, I shared a little bit in our video about Agape Nights. Um, That was kind of part of the reason why we chose Wednesdays for Agape Nights, not to conflict with life groups, but to complement the evidence that we already saw. Y'all like Wednesdays, (laughs) so you'll show up, um, which is exciting. <clears throat> okay, I think those are all the stats I have, but I want to move on to a couple uh, quotes and stories that we learned from our um, feedback. All those surveys that I pester you guys to fill out, I read them. <laughs> I read every single one, and it reveals a lot of really interesting information that we can learn from. Um, so, first off, what I did was Judith actually helped me with this, um, figured out how to compile all of the words. That you guys use to describe life groups and put them into this super cool little word art um, graphic, but what it really tells us, the larger the word, the bigger the impact it had, like the more times it was used to describe life groups, um, and then I just have a summary of the biggest, um, the highest counts on the left there, but what's really cool is you can see um, connection, fellowship, and support were, like, very significantly, they're up in the top three. And those are exactly the kind of things that we want our life groups to, like our, our members to be saying that they value <laughs> about life groups, right? Like, so we're doing something right. That's what this tells us. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> there were a couple life group members who shared these things. They said, I love how engaging and personal the group was and the immense amount of support and prayer exhibited during the group. There is a genuine caring and sharing with a willingness to be real and serious about the Bible and having a closer relationship with God. So, again, praise the Lord. This is exactly the type of connection and engagement that we want to be seeing. And the fact that they're reporting it back to us is extra valuable, right? Um, another life group member said, we asked, we asked um, two things among others in the survey. What were areas of strength and areas of growth? So we just talked about areas of strength. This life group member shared about areas of growth. So a good area for growth is listening more deeply without interrupting and encouraging quieter members to speak up more. Overall, it was an excellent group and hard to find problems. So thanks for that disclaimer, but I think it's also really important to note that – some of the group dynamics, right, that this member mentioned. That's not to say that all groups have these issues or experiences, but what I think I took away from this quote and others that were like it was, um, first of all, I was grateful for the courage that they had to share that feedback with us um, and also just take it as a reminder that, like, this may or may not have been your member, but it could be at some point. It could have been, so just to keep those things in mind. And that's why we come to dinners like this, so we can get training and just refreshed on some of those <clears throat> tools and skills that we need to be the best life group leaders that God can help us to be. All right, so, um, oh, this is not some more important feedback. So another couple of life group members shared <laughs> that sometimes certain people can take over and talk too long, sometimes totally off subject. Um, we've all experience that at times, I'm sure. Um, We could also grow by giving more space and time to answer a question after it's delivered. And so to that end, I know um, silence makes some of us uncomfortable, but I would just use this moment to encourage you to like lean into that silence. And we'll talk more in our training about introverts and extroverts. But um, just to, again, take this uh, comment as just a, a reminder that you might have somebody in your group that that does need a little bit of extra time to think and um, to, as a leader, creatively approach that um, and try to create that space for them. Okay, this was super cool. So you guys, I surveyed you, and you talked about the strengths that you see in life groups. And you hit our vision statements to connect, grow, and support. So you said, we really love each other. Good. (laughs) You love to connect with each other. That's awesome. Um, Someone else said, I'd love to see our group grow in encouragement and edification or appreciation of each other. Yes, absolutely. We want to be growing, and especially in this meaningful way um, in that exchange with one another. And then finally, the group trusts each other. And trust takes time to build. We'll actually talk also a little more about trust in our training tonight. But um, I just want to encourage you as leaders to, um, to pace that trust well with each other. Um, <clears throat> one of you said... I don't know if you were in this room or not, but you said you grew in your relationship with the Lord. What a win as a leader. No, seriously, like as a leader, you know, we're always the ones who are thought of as like those who have it together. But we want to be growing too. And so let's do it. <laughs> um, some people went on to talk specifically about not only growing in the Lord, but growing in their leadership skills, right? There was at least three or four people that talked about that. And um, one person said, there's definitely been a lot going on in the members' lives, but I realized that I do not have to have all the answers or be the one who's always there. They were great at being there for and encouraging one another, they being their members. So uh, we'll talk about this again more in the training, but just as a reminder that you... We love Jesus, but you are not Jesus. <laughs> you can be his hands and his feet and care and shepherd your, care for and shepherd your group, but ultimately, you know, he, he is the one who's going to cause that growth. Um, so to just remember our role in that is really important. All right. Um, so that is our status report for the evening. We're a couple of minutes behind, but I'm going to have Ann come on up. Because she's going to talk about our outreach uh, partnership through the Life Groups Ministry and the reason why we had Asian food tonight.
1: Yeah, that's so... Wow, Shane, you're short. (laughs) That's okay, or I'm just too tall. That's all right. Anyway, that's so fun. I didn't know that that's why we had Asian-themed food. It was delish. Thanks, everyone. Um, Okay, so, do we have the slide with the, okay. Yeah, okay, so, hopefully, I have passed each group, not each person, each group, so look at your hosts and your other leaders, should have one of these cards. So, what this means is, hopefully, by now, you know that we have 35 people from our church headed to Thailand this July, so we have five adult leaders five young adults and 25 high school students. Um, So I'm just really praising God that he has put a mission's burden on the hearts of the next generation of our church. So we're headed to Chiang Mai um, to meet up with David Joannes um, and hopefully you've met him. Our church has been supporting him for decades and we'll be working with his team at Within Reach Global Um, doing ministry at Chiang Mai University, building up the small group of believers there. We'll be visiting temples, um, talking to Thai people and monks at English Corners, um, as well as doing day visits to nearby villages with local pastors who will be visiting. We'll be going with them to visit villagers, to pray with them, to share our testimonies in the gospel and lots of other fun things that they have planned for us. So we're linking arms with life groups, and we're asking you, we're volunteering you, I've already (laughs) put it in your hands, um, to adopt the team member that is on the card that your group received. Um, So please don't lose this. We've laminated it so it's a little more durable this quarter, but if you do happen to misplace it, just let me know. Um, So introduce your group to the kid or the adult leader, on your card, read their fun facts, and please commit to praying for them this quarter. Some of these kids are very sweet and sincere in their prayer requests, Um, so just do what you can to pray for them consistently. Um, Maybe have your host keep it, if you're meeting at a home, keep it on their fridge so it's always there. You can just pull it off each time you meet or keep it in the leader or host's Bible so you always have it with you. Um, There's also information on the back regarding how to support our team financially. This is not the main goal of these cards, but there may be people in your group who have the ability to donate online to our general Thailand fund that'll get kind of shared evenly or to help the specific person, the specific team member on your card. These students have to raise between $2,500 and $3,000 for this 10-day trip to Thailand. Um, So that would be a huge blessing to them. Even if your group can maybe start a piggy bank. And I mean, I don't know if anybody uses cash anymore, but you can throw checks and cash in there. And then at the end of the quarter, you know, you can deposit that um, in a cash envelope to the church or bring it to us. Um, So the information on that is on the back. So anything that you guys can do for prayer and support will make a huge difference. Um, And then hopefully also on Sundays, once or twice a month, you've seen the Thailand support table that we've had out on the patio. Um, so if you see your team member that you're praying for, go and introduce yourself to them. So we've got four or five kids who are running that table each time. They're rotating through. So please introduce yourself. Tell, you, tell them that your group is praying for them. That'll mean so much to these students. Um, I want to brag on Donya. She's the one right there. She's been so fun to connect with. I don't know if you guys noticed the last, I think it was two weeks ago when we had the table Um, We've been doing bake sales, and kids have been making cookies and bread, and that's been so fun. She, on her own, made 70 homemade tamales. And they sold out, I want to say like hotcakes, but they sold like tamales. (laughs) They were gone by the 11 o'clock service. So she did that all on her own. She raised so much money for our team. So I just love bragging on her. Um, So we really want this to be a relational connection, um, to connect the pillars of our mission statement, to grow in him and to share him. Um, so we need the support and the spiritual covering of our life groups, uh, to send us out this summer. So thank you so much for partnering with us. If your life group doesn't have a card, be sure to check with your, the other people in your group at the table. But if you don't have one, I have more. So come find me after dinner. Did you have a question Dale? It's mostly um, evangel... Yeah, I mean, we're going to be all over the place. Yeah, you can pray for physical health, but this is mostly... Not as much. No, we're going to be doing mostly like evangelism type, type stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you have any questions, feel free to email me or pull me aside at church anytime, but thank you so much for partnering with us.
0: Okay. I'm shorter, yes. So we're going to pray just since she's here. And um, if you guys can just hold your card, those of you that have cards, hold your cards and um, we'll just lift this team up to the Lord here. Father, we just thank you so much for Ann and for the whole team that is preparing to go to Thailand to share your good news. They are not ashamed, and we pray that they um, would just have the courage and and strength when they go to share your word, um, that you would get them there and back safely, that you would, as Dale mentioned, have physical fortitude um, for the duration of the trip, and we just pray that you would use it not only to change uh, the world there in Thailand, um, but to change the students and young adults lives so we just um pray with excitement and expectation knowing that you uh, hear us and will do your will um, in the lives of this mission team we pray all this in your name amen all right thanks all right so um Settle in (laughs) even more. We're going to jump into our training time. And so coaches, if you could pass out the green and blue worksheets that I gave you earlier. These are summaries of what I'm going to talk about tonight. And um, I'll give you guys a second to do that. If you don't have enough, just share with the person next to you or raise your hand because Anne apparently has the extras. (laughs) Okay. So our training tonight is going to focus on communication and conflict. Mm, Two of our favorite things to do. These are things that we experience all the time in our everyday lives, Um, so they're certainly going to show up in life group, right? We are absolutely kidding ourselves (laughs) if we think that we don't have to work towards healthy communication and constructive conflict. Communication is absolutely necessary just in life, and there's both good and not so good ways to approach it conflict is inevitable, and yet it can be a vehicle for positive progress if we're able to navigate it successfully. Life groups are supposed to be a safe space where people can figure out the messiness of their relationships, both with God and with each other. And it's in that mess that we need each other and God's word to guide us through tough conversations and use healthy communication. So what am I talking about exactly? What tough conversations am I referring to? Some of these types of tough conversations we actually spoke about last quarter when we did the um, addressing the challenges training. We talked about the three R's that you can apply to challenging situations um, like life crisis or challenging people. Um, We learned that those three R's relate, reveal, and respond are tools that we can generally use in some of these challenging situations but I wanna build on this training. We will dive deeper tonight into some specific ways that we can address these challenges with tools in our tool belt and skills that we can be ready to utilize. So as life group leaders and hosts, we're able to, if we're able to handle conflict and communicate well with our group members, then we're doing well, right? We can see progress in their lives um, and partner with them in the work that God's wanting to do. And it really is our responsibility to lead in this way so that our group can throw off, like it says in Romans 12, throw off anything that hinders or easily entangles, right? Not every life group is going to have super tough conversations every quarter, right? Some of you as leaders can probably think back to some of those quarters when you did (laughs) and others when there was a relief, right? But What I want to say here is just that it's important to have three things, an instinct of prayer, absolutely first and foremost, an instinct of prayer, a foundation of knowledge, and the desire to seek out resources for help. Much of what I talk about tonight is actually going to come from one of the books that I recommended last quarter called Dealing with the Elephant in the Room by Dr. Mike Bechtel. I highly recommend this book uh, because it's awesome, um, but I'm only going to scratch the surface of what he says in his book tonight. So um, let's jump in. The need for healthy communication is nothing new. In the Old Testament, we read about how Moses, Joshua, and other leaders of the nation of Israel had to deal with their sin issues, challenging personalities, among other things. I mean, just think about when they wanted to seek a parent um comfort, safety, or the familiar of slavery in Egypt, or when they wanted to build a golden calf to worship instead of God. I can only imagine the conversations Moses had with them, right? Um, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes all kinds of instructions to the church about conflict resolution. I mean, probably some of the first ones we think of are in Philippians 4, with, I'm going to butcher their names, but <laughs> Yodia and Syntyche, right? And, um, He pleaded with them just to agree with one another, to resolve their differences. Jesus himself has had countless conversations with people that were struggling with a life crisis or a mental issue, right? Um, Think about how Jesus carefully addressed the woman who bled for 12 years um, or the parents of sick or dying or dead children, right? The Roman centurion or the Canaanite woman. Um, All of these examples remind us of how hard life can be and what a blessing it is when god and his people come alongside us in powerful ways to bring healing and restoration. Proverbs 25:11 says, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And Proverbs 15:31 says, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. These proverbs make me think about how we have the opportunity to speak blessing wisdom, and life into one another at just the right time. My hope is that with the things we discussed tonight, coupled with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, that it will allow us to do just that. So let's think about this for a second, though. When tough conversations come, we all have hesitations that might prevent us from jumping in to the situation, right? Um, Might be discomfort. We're uncomfortable with the dynamics that are happening we just or we have fear we we don't know we haven't been here before we might be insecure um uncertain about the outcome we might be hopeful that it will resolve itself but maybe a little bit in denial <laughs> um we might uh feel defeated and just throw our hands up we're just going to leave it all to god you know um and and we might be untrained. We might just be ill-equipped to handle the situation, and so um, while we can't necessarily tackle all of these, and some of them might require um, a trained counselor, (laughs) I'm going to do my best to approach some of these things tonight with you, mostly the the ill-equipped and untrained part. (laughs) Um, Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So after tonight, if you're looking for a chapter to dig into, Ephesians 4 is one to dig into deep. But um, because it has a lot to offer life group leaders, let me tell you. (laughs) But what I want to pull out of it tonight is that this passage really um, starts off with our call, right? To live a life that's worthy um, of the calling to which we've been called. In general, of course, as believers, but more specifically, we're called to be life group leaders and hosts here at Calvary. (laughs) So I'm here to encourage you and equip you in that calling. We um, are to have specific attributes like humility and love, it mentions in this passage, all of which support, and don't miss this, they support unity in the spirit. This is the heart of our calling, to pursue unity in the spirit in the bond of peace. So as we pursue unity, oftentimes we've got to have difficult conversations along the way. (laughs) Let's continue in the passage, starting in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. These are the things that we're doing, right? Until all attain unity to the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. This is our goal, to attain unity, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love... There's that communication we're talking about, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, and from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which, with which it is equipped, when every part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So in verse 11, it describes us as gifts. We, us, ourselves, are gifts to the body of Christ with that goal of building it up, of seeking unity and maturing our faith. And then there in verse 15, that's the kicker. That's what I want us to focus on tonight. It says how we do that. We speak the truth in love. We put on the character of Christ for his sake and for his church. So when we're called to live a life worthy of the gospel, we're called to live that life together in life groups, in all its mess and all its glory. We are called to the equipping of the saints, which means doing what is within our power to receive, not only to just do it, but also to receive what we need in order to do that work. Before I get into the specifics of our training tonight um, and some real practical tips, I want to say that before we use any of the tools that we learn tonight, we must recognize the power of prayer before, during, and after our tough conversations Sometimes we can sense a tension between our responsibility and God's responsibility, right? We can see the need to work out the situation, but we always, always, always must recognize that God has been, he currently is, and will be working in the life of that individual, right? So... If this is true, then turning to him as the first and ultimate resource is the wisest and one of the most important things that we can do as a life group leader. So when I said before to have an instinct of prayer, this is what I'm talking about, right? To have that um, be the first move above the foundation of knowledge and resources for help. So Lord, I do just want to take a moment tonight and I just want to ask that you would give these leaders that instinct of prayer that you would give them that power that comes from communing with you, um, both privately and corporately. And I just ask that you would um, sink that truth deep into our hearts tonight. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Okay, so Dr. Vechtel begins his book by quoting this guy, Randy Pausch, who once said, when there's an elephant in the room, introduce him. It seems so simple, and yet, as we've discussed, it might not be the easiest thing to do. In all of this, we want to approach the elephant in the room, the challenging conversations. We must remember what we can control and what we cannot control. Um, Dr. Beckel says, Bechdel says, we can't force another person to change. We can influence them, but we can't force them. The only person we have control over is ourselves. So what I wanna do tonight is looking at six specific tools, which I think is the blue page, and then six specific skills that we can add to our tool belt that help us have healthy conversations. All right, so let's start with the tools. Tool number one is perspective. Proverbs 18, 13 says, anyone who answers without listening is foolish and confused. (laughs) So the key to utilizing this tool of perspective is to realize that everyone's got it. Everyone has a perspective. You have one. I have one. All the people in your group and at your table have one, right? So everyone's going to bring it to the conversation. Um, It shouldn't surprise us. We should expect it. And then with confidence, we can navigate uh, the conversation with truth and with love. Um, Bechtel gives some practical steps for gaining perspective, and I'm going to go over a couple of them. Um, He says, commit to a face-to-face conversation. We have so many different ways to communicate these days, which is great, but I would encourage you as live group leaders to to not choose the method in haste, right, to as much as possible have those face-to-face or those phone conversations that um, can really get deeper um, than potentially, you know, you might through text or email or something like that. There's so much more you can learn when you're interacting with somebody on that level. Okay, next, get used to being comfortable. 2 Corinthians 1 talks about how God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we might be able to comfort those who are in any afflictions and I just want to say this applies to awkward and challenging conversations too. <laughs> right? God wants to be in us in in, in us sorry in it with us. Um, and not only empower but comfort us like hey I've got you, you know? Uh, the next tip he says is discomfort is a sign to face the problem, not to withdraw and escape. Um, this is where we might decide to go into like fight or flight mode, um, but it's important to recognize our tendencies in this way and just ask the Lord to help us to make those moves towards reconciliation. Um, the next tip he gives is not to try to fix others. I mentioned earlier um, about the truth in 1 Corinthians 3 16, where he says, um, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. And I think that's just so important for us to remember that, like, we're not trying to control or fix our life group members. <laughs> like, we're there to support them and help get them in that direction. But ultimately, it's up to the Lord um, to make, and the, and the individual to make those changes that they need to make. All right, next he says, keep building momentum. It just that just means it takes time and practice, so just just stay with it, <laughs> hang in there. You see the moments of momentum where you've gained ground and take advantage, um, and just be sensitive to that. Uh, look for common ground. This is um, when I worked at a high school before I came here. I loved um, teaching them about common ground because it was like these nervous high schoolers that were like, "What do I do? How do I meet new people?" And it's like. Find common ground. (laughs) Find what you have in common. Start from there and then move forward. Um, And so, this, in the context of life groups, can help us um, build that relationship, but also move towards reconciliation, towards restoration, um, towards these godly things that we want to be building in our lives. Um, Finally, he encourages us to fight for the relationship. So, don't give up, take that deep breath. Take that moment to pray, to process, to think, but also to fight, to go after um, your life group members in a loving, like non-physical way. <laughs> but hang in there and fight for that relationship. All right, tool number two is trust. Trust. So Bechtel suggests that trust exists on a continuum. So you've got a level of trust with everybody that you meet. And Uh, for example, when you begin the life group, right, and you first are starting and are meeting new people, your trust level is like really low, (laughs) right? But you've got to build it. But then later at the end of the life group quarter, hopefully you've spent that time, put in that sweat and social equity, and you've now built more trust with each other. And that's where um, Bechtel's saying that you um, need to shepherd and steward that well so um, we need to approach the building of trust and the restoration of trust with great care because sometimes this can happen in groups right like trust is broken in one way or another and so whether it's within the group that trust is broken or somebody is dealing with a relationship outside of the group and is trying to um, find restoration in that way um, so practical steps that he talks about building trust. Tr- trust me, there's a lot of practical steps he gives, and I'm I'm going to only highlight a few. Moving forward, we're not going to go through all of these, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but the ones I wanted to highlight for that he mentions about building trust is that um, we've got to trust people with our feelings. Um, You just, you have to give trust in order to earn it as well, right? It's a, as leaders, I think we can sometimes struggle with that to, um, know how much to share or how much to, um, lean in. But, um, I would just encourage you to, to trust the Holy Spirit, um, in that and even consult with your co-leaders or hosts as needed to like, um, if you have trust issues, (laughs) um, So the other one that I want to highlight here is um, checking in with others. I got to say, Pastor Jeff and Denise Buck are so good at this. Like, how many of you have had them walk up to you on the patio and remember something you told them six months ago? Like, they're so good. And so take their example for what it is um, and just whether you – I have, like, notes on my phone um, or, you know, just a prayer journal or whatever, however it is that you can remember things that are going on in your people's lives, like, I encourage you to take that step to do it. Okay, Um, the next tool is ownership. Jim Rohn said, you cannot change the circumstances, the season, or the wind, but you can change yourself. So we talked about this a little bit already, but when you use the word ownership um, to talk about, you know, how you can only control yourself, we're talking about Doing what we can and then leaving the rest to God, um, modeling that is really important to do for your group um, and it's the mark of a healthy relationship with God and healthy communication um, it's also important that we don't allow ourselves or the other person um, to victimize any one of the group members and what I mean about that is just <clears throat> just because someone has a bad attitude that doesn't mean that um, We also need to have one, too, or that we need to allow um, that person to treat us um, in a a lesser than way um, and perpetuate an unhealthy conversation or cycle. This is somewhere that, as leaders, we can help lead our group in that conversation to acknowledge the struggle that's going on, but also redirect in a positive way. Everyone needs to own what's theirs and just allow each other the space and the grace to deal with their stuff. (laughs) We've all got it. Um, Okay, so for ownership, he highlights, there's lots of practical tips, but um, one thing I want to highlight is just that healthy, um, sorry, he says, decide not to base our self-worth on the opinions of other people. Ladies and gents, our identity is in Christ and Christ alone, and so I know that things can get messy in our group, and there can be lots of different situations and things that we're trying to process and, and work with and help people with, but ultimately, you got to remember that Christ is the one who um, informs, forms our identity, and so to whatever you need to do to remind yourself of that, to get into the Word and um, be spending time with Him, He is the one who... Created you, who helps you own what's yours and helps you see that um, and have that healthy independence um, in yourself. Okay, tool number four emotions. I like how Bechtel, Bechtel talks about emotions. He says they're not good or bad, they're just fuel for our relationships. When controlled and channeled, they provide the passion needed to help relationships grow and mature. When uncontrolled, they can tear relationships apart. The key isn't eliminating or denying our emotions, the key is learning what to do with them. So one key aspect to understanding our emotions is understanding who is expressing them. So for example, um, when emotions are expressed, is this person an introvert or an extrovert? Or do they tend to operate out of anger or fear? Um, This next little image that I have for you shows kind of how introverts and extroverts can relate to anger and fear. So if you've got an extrovert who's angry, you're going to see like lots of high energy. Like they're going to be passionate about what they're talking about um, versus an introvert who might just like stew on it. And you can see these people, right? You can see them in your group. <laughs> um, but if you have an extrovert who's operating out of fear, you're going to see like anxiety versus maybe the introvert who's um, again going to be quiet and resigned and hesitant to share. Um, for example, if there's a controversial or hot top hot button topic that comes up in your group, you can scan the room and see how people are responding, right? So. Um, if I, I know that if I have a contingent of extroverts, for example, I could expect and prepare for moments that can induce high energy or anxiety, right? But if there are more introverts in the room, considering their quiet participation <laughs> and process of the situation is going to be really important. Um, okay, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip over the practical steps and go to tool number five, which is time. <laughs> um, poet, this guy's a poet, Johann Wolfgang van Goethe course he's a poet. That's a poet's name. Um, (laughs) He said, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. This one um, hit me. Pretty personally, I was like, wow, that is true. And sometimes I'm guilty of the opposite. Um, it's so important to manage our time and use, utilize this tool so that we prioritize our most important responsibilities um, and the people that we have in our life. And, And it's equally important to make sure that we have enough margin in our lives to be able to address the unexpected right? Whether it's margin to have an extra conversation with someone who um, in your group is hurting or margin to mentally process an awkward group conversation. Um, It's important to build this margin in our lives so that we can serve our life group members best and allow space for the Holy Spirit to move among us. Um, Again, you can see those practical steps. I'm going to skip to the next tool, respect. 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 So respect, I love this quote. (laughs) And it's anonymous, but whoever it was said respect old people. They graduated high school without Google or Wikipedia. (laughs) Guys, respect is the tool that reminds us what's most important in a relationship, the people, not our righteousness, right? When we respect the people are in our group, we are showing them the value that God places on them and that we also place on them. So, for example, when someone in your life group expresses a controversial view, it's important for all parties to show respect to one another, both the members listening to the opinion as well as the person presenting their view. But above all, we respect the Lord and the commitment that we've made to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, reminding everyone to, as Pastor Matt likes to say, keep the main thing the main thing, right? Show respect to God and to one another. Okay, let me do a quick time check here. All right. We are going to sail through these skills because I want you to have time (laughs) to discuss some of them. And don't be surprised if they show up at our next training (laughs) in the fall. So our skills, real fast, are one, to make it safe. We need to um, work together to address the issue, not to attack each other. Right? This includes um, skills like intentional listening and exercising self-control, but just prioritizing safety in your group is going to be a really important um, way that you help your group set boundaries and navigate the, light, the season well. All right, skill number two. Oh, I got to share this quote. It's so fun. A lion never loses sleep over the opinion of the sheep oh this proverb makes you chuckle because it's so true when intimidation is removed so is the anxiety and the stress that comes with it right so if you can help eliminate intimidation whether that's over biblical knowledge or um, career status or whatever it is that that's existing in your group um, as life group leaders and hosts we need to encourage our group members to focus on the truth as a way to sort out our feelings and we also need to commit to leveling the playing field as needed, making sure that perceptions of our actual attempts and at intimidation are not acceptable. So our goal should be to recognize and celebrate our differences rather than allow them to create separation or hierarchy in any way. Okay, our next skill is practice power listening. So um, I like this next. If you can skip to the next one. One more. There's. It's important that it's visually up there. Yes, the same letters make up the words "listen" and "silent." Astute, right? <laughs> um, so it's really. I mean, earlier we talked about how respect is a way that you show someone that you value them. Listening is another way that you can show that you value the other person. So anytime we can improve our listening skills, um, we're finding new ways to show our group members how much we value them and how much God values them. So um, there's more tips for uh, ways to listen here. So um, I encourage you in your own time to just read over those as well. All right, skill number four, encourage honest feedback. You guys, we started off this night with summaries of feedback from our members and our leaders, right? So I hope that you see that we've demonstrated how valuable feedback is at this level so that then you can take that into your groups. Now, am I encouraging you to send out a survey to your group members? No. Have them fill mine out. But (laughs) really, (laughs) the idea is... um, Yes, feedback in general about how the group's going, but also um, honest feedback throughout the quarter and throughout your discussions and throughout prayer uh, time is really important. Um, Okay, skill number five, start with kindness. Mark Twain once said, kindness is the language with which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. So how beautiful is that kindness is this universal language that can build a strong foundation for our groups. I'm sure that you could imagine or even remember when someone in your group showed you kindness or you watched one of your group members show kindness to another member and you were like, man, I'm so proud. (laughs) Well done. Um, So kindness could be something as simple as, well, it could be stepping into a potentially charged situation, redirecting it. It could also mean preventing someone from saying or doing something that they would regret later. Kindness is more than just being nice. Kindness is being willing to enter into conflict um, with healthy communication skills <laughs> for the sake of the group. All right, skill number six. We're coming to the home stretch. Know your purpose. Knowing your purpose is linked directly to our relationship with Jesus. We got to follow the golden rule, right? Love one another. And as life group leaders and hosts, we're loving one another in a specific context. This provides opportunity to really get to know each other and see specifically what God has, not only for each individual, but for the group as a whole. When you know your purpose, you can stay on track with each other and with the Lord. This is one of the main reasons we put the covenant together for our life groups, so that we have a reference point for purpose for our group coming together. The covenant establishes this foundation to reference when you're in tough conversations. So for example, let's imagine, I don't know, someone's consistently late to life group meetings. This would never happen, but someone's consistently late. And if you've discussed this covenant in advance, it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with them saying like, hey, we, you know, agreed to this with each other and I'm you're I see that you're having trouble meeting. Is there some way that I can help you or something going on that, you know, I can talk with talk through with you um, or just like put your shoes on and get out the door. I mean, there's two different conversations you might need to have, right? But um, the idea is that we are, like it said in Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love.